Momentum Volleyball is the online Canadian hub for volleyball storytelling, reporting, and event coverage, allowing content creators to connect with fans, coaches, and players. Momentum is the hub for athletes, coaches, and fans to find free and paid volleyball content, and we are proud to be the voice of Canadian volleyball around the world. Head to MomentumVolleyball.ca to subscribe for free and get access to exclusive content and all your Canadian volleyball updates. Hello and welcome back to Sharp Cuts. My name is Garrett May alongside Josh Nickel. As always, we took a break for a week, but we are back. Josh, do you want to tell the people what you're doing or do you want to lie to them what was going on? I, it doesn't feel right to lie, Garrett. So I, if there ever was an excuse to miss an episode, one, it was when you and your partner Maria were moving across the country. Good excuse not to record. Or two, my wonderful wife just gave birth to our son and uh, I was I was off the grid, Garrett. I had to I had stuff to do. So we have to now refer to you as Papa Josh or Papa Nickel. Uh, I'm not sure which one we're going to go with. Comment down below. Uh, but welcome back to the show, everybody. We're back. We're excited. we got a guest today, Alex O'Neill. Thank you for joining us on the show. We're excited to get into it. How are you feeling? I'm excited. I'm excited as well. Okay, great. Congrats, now, Josh. before we Thank you. get into things, Alex, I don't know if you watch the show, but normally we like to try to start with some comments that folks have left us and just maybe see if what people are saying. Last episode, we had nothing, Josh. So that was a bit embarrassing, but we had a few comments pile up. So shout out from Kerry again, y'all. He gave us the guest for last episode, gave it and he shout out. He said, nice episode, fellas. Well, you better say nice episode, Kerry, when you sh- give us a guest. Like, what are you doing? But uh, said repping the Quebec volleyball scene these days. And it's true. We are. So I don't know. We're just maybe going an Eastern Canada swing. We're on a roll right now. I don't know what to say, but thanks, Kerry, for the comment. Lisa Tam as well said, I agree that volleyball is more interesting when there is a story to it. So agreeing with us, Josh, the fans are on our side. I don't know. Not really. Maybe somebody was on the other side of that uh that comment there was also the biggest sharp cut in the comments comment from some guy who said first time commenter had to respond to the sharpest cut of the episode which was josh turned his knife on stats nerds like himself by saying we can't hold down a regular conversation first of all josh fair point but second i th- he thought you were one of us so josh getting called out in the comments by by some guy uh, that that's you know he's not wrong i think you know gary i think you position me as a numbers guy i try to bring up the stats but as most things on the show i'm such a fence sitter like there are people far smarter than me that can like harvest data and use python and r and use predictive powers and actually do like machine learning i'm just a guy who tries to use stats and apply it to practice so i'm definitely like a tweener where when i went to that analytics conference like some people are asking questions be like uh how do you get your coach to listen to the data i was like i've never had this problem but maybe they're so smart that they've discovered this weird formula and they're like oh we just crack the code but they can't put it into like an actual term or they can't dumb it down enough for coach to actually use it so i I was shocked to meet like people that smart that could like do that type of thing garrett alex you're getting full exposure here josh immediately gets called out by the fans and is sitting on the fence even (laughs) on his own comment so you can see the king fence sitter there you are a numbers guy you mentioned python and r in a response josh i think that says it all Um, But anyways, let's get into the show today. So because Alex is getting a little bit bored over here, having us stroke our egos with our comments. Um, I did want to talk about some stuff today because I've got well, today we've got three guys who are involved in the sport loosely, but we still like to play. We still like to mix it up, you know, pepper in the backyard, get out and play rec now and then have some fun in the backyard court. So this is kind of new for me, though, guys. 
Like, I don't know if you know, but I only recently stopped playing. I mean, before COVID happened, I was still kind of around. So I need some help. I need your best old guy, retired, out of shape, beach volleyball strategies so that when I get back out there on the court, I can actually compete with some of these young bucks flying high. Alex, I know you definitely got some of these strats because you maybe used them back when you were in your prime. Not, not so subtle, sharp cut there, but maybe you can help me out here. Uh, I have many opinions on this, <laughs> but I would, when the momentum is coming towards the net, I never add a contact. I never added a contact back then. And now I, actively go against it I'll, I'll go over on one all the time so like, wait you were ready for i didn't brief you before you were ready with a strategy immediately on the one ball like right off the top of your head that's how yeah. fresh it is if i see people's weight going forward i'm automatically like putting my weight forward into a ball whether it's like behind my head swinging it over i'll just get rid of it because the longer the rally goes like my cardio it's not what it used to be <laughs> absolutely so. So will you do that yeah. on serve receive even like you're back there to serve receive one ball surprise. Ah, the level in Ottawa is not that bad uh, that you can't do that, that you can do that. I'll reserve that for my defense. I okay. won't do it on serve receive. So somebody yeah. hits like a hittable ball at you. Yeah. One I'm ball surprise over. Yeah. Now, yeah, Josh, if it's anywhere near me. Yeah, absolutely. We maybe need some rule clarifications on this because I was thinking about that too. Like if somebody hits it at me, I can beach dig it direct it one ball over right like i can do that it just feels so cheap <laughs> it feels dirty <laughs> like i'm catching it and throwing it over on one <sighs> you look you shaking your head josh see you don't teach that this this is not stuff you're teaching to the boys on the national team we're trying to get by without any physicality that's true. And Laura Ludwig's won every tournament there is. And, and she puts every, if you watch her dig cut shots, she doesn't even try to get up after she's putting it back over. Even the one announcer who's really good. He started calling it the Ludwig. Like it's a play she does now. So Wait, she digs a cut shot just short over short over or like deep opposite corner. So like mm -hmm. if you hit a cutty against her, like you're going corner to corner to try to fetch it. Like she's pretty clever. It takes a lot of skill though, to dig a cut shot, like just up. When you're yes. close to the net to have it just drop over to a cut shot of your own though. That's she's next a baller. Level. So she's she a, is. She's won world tour finals, world champs, the Olympics, like obviously, but uh, yeah, she's, she's hanging on with the one ball over. Yeah. I do like the one ball over. See, but now you do have to actually make a dig and be in position to make a dig to make that happen, which is something I'm not even that confident in. Like, do, are, are you blocking? Like, do you peel a lot? Like, what are we doing here, Josh? So it's funny when you raise this, I remember at one of our Coburg events, one of the, the older men's teams talked about how they actually don't like playing against other older teams. Cause they like playing against the young guys who are going to block and defend. Cause they're like, if we just play against a team who plays two back, it's just like rally, rally, rally. And it gets super long where they're like, at least if there's like a blocker there, I feel like I can roll over him or I can hit my cut shot where like the two old guys had trouble scoring against each other. Cause they just played two back defense. And it was like dig scoop, roll shot, dig scoop, roll shot. But there was no real estate for them to hit these balls down. Right. Is that what you're doing when you play Al? Oh yeah. Oh, I, I told myself when I was playing beach, remember Anton Hauser and Gatto, they played with us, like they were playing at the same time as us. And I remember I told myself, I'm like, these guys are not disciplined. They're not using like all three contacts. And it was like, really bugged me. I'm like, I'll never do it. Now I'm like, I want to do it. <laughs> like <laughs> as my, I would look at Mark and I'd be like, 
you looked like you were going to pass it to Anton. And like, so I'll cut, I'll cut short and Mark will just continue a dig and he'll catch me like basically still in the air or like in my mind, I'm still in the air and he'll bump it right back over to the back corner. There's no way I'm getting that. Yeah. And now, now I'm trying to do that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So like, are you gaming that though? Like, do you find people are gaming that and you're saying like, okay, to, I'm not going to block now because now I'm at least mm-hmm. giving the, them some space. Like, am I just going to peel off and make them hit it at me? I do a lot of like, uh, it's not, I don't even get halfway back and I'll dig stuff with my hands and I'll actually be trying to volley it over <laughs> if I can. So like I'll peel and I, I keep my, I keep my hands like here. And, uh, I've also, I've got a bit of PTSD from getting pie. Justin Duff, you guys know who he is? Yeah. Obviously. Okay. So he played in a men's league indoor game two years ago. I, you guys know me, I can play defense. Uh, but why is that I've guy? Never been, he touches over 12 feet. He's still got to be in wicked shape. What's he doing he playing in a men's league game? <laughs> so here's my complaint. He was playing in a men's league game, played left side. It was our first set and I wasn't, well, whatever, excuse, excuses. I came off the net in four and I barely made it to three and he hit me so hard. He hit me so hard that the kid that picked me up, like I was kind of night, night a bit and I got a concussion from it and I've never been concussed before in my life. So I was, I remember in that point, I was still not good with my anger and I go, was it the guy, was it the big guy that hit me? And uh, the kid guy was like, yeah, he goes, Fuck, I wish it was somebody else. So I could get mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish it was somebody else. So I could just lose it on them, but I couldn't because he was like such a nice guy, humongous. Like I'm like, well, but he hit me so hard that now I'm kind of like kind of chicken in a way, but like I'm a dad. Like if I get hit and I'm out for a week, like, what a loser. Kinda. I'm oh, I was always chicken though. Like I don't have a PTSD story. Like I'm not getting hit in the head by Justin Duff and getting concussed in an indoor game. And I'm still scared. Like, but yeah. it is when you think about it, it is like kind of the classic old guy blocker, like up at the net takes one, maybe two steps off the net. Cause like, no, I'm not going all the way back there. Hands just up ready to try to just smack mm-hmm. the ball back on one. Like that is a clap. I got to work on that play because be I need that it. in my game for sure. You'll be good at it. It'll come natural to you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've maybe been out of the game too long. I don't know if I want to be that good at it. See, that's the thing for me is like, do you want to compete or do you want to go for the plays that were like super fun when like, I want to get a block except mm-hmm. my block touch. I can barely get my wrists over the net. <laughs> so like, am I going to be able to do it? Probably not. Like what I do. I just need to give up. It seems like your head's in the right spot. You knowing that you can't get that high anymore. That's the main, that's the main thing when you realize that even if you show up and warm up, you're, your warm-up touch is not even that far away from your cold touch. You're right where you want to be. Okay, great. Yeah, good. Yeah. And I'm okay being the guy who is like, wants to make the big play, but is just not capable 
but keeps trying regardless. Mm-hmm. Like is not mm-hmm. willing to give that up at least for a few years now. Josh, yeah. you know the guys I'm talking about. Like the guys who come back and are competing against the young guys, especially on the beach, trying to pound. They hit four or five out of bounds in a row, refuse to roll shot. Like I'm okay being that guy for a few years at least, right? I feel like but, I got to be. You get it like one out of like eight or one out of 12 and you're like, yes, finally. Yes. Like you get that one good one and you're just like, oh yeah, that's the one. You're looking for that <laughs> nice divot in the corner that you could just pound and have a go up and go, yeah, still got it. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Do I though? Probably not. It's good that you like, it's good that you're planning to come back. You're like mentally getting ready for what it's going to be like. So you have no surprises. So, but if I want to be competitive though, I guess I got to give up on, I got to go roll shots all day. Mm. Like, is uh, that what I'm looking yeah. at? That's kind of sad. It's you won't be able to hit the line as hard as you used to. Right. You might still have that deep cross available. You're like six, three. You got a good yeah. jump. Maybe I just fine. be big and hit the pokies. If I, maybe I'm playing yeah. the left side and go back pokey all day, <laughs> just standing. I don't even jump. That's maybe the option here. What do you it teach the funny. guys to defend against that? Josh, if, well, if Garrett thinking, May is coming in going standing back pokey. I was just thinking about how fast it changes because to me, you're still Garrett May, but maybe to the, some of the younger guys, you're not. And then the example I'll give is uh, two of our guys, they went and played an AVP next before they went to Brazil and played the four star and they played against Sean Rosenthal. And I was like, Oh, I was like freaking out. Be like, Oh, you know, I do who it was. And they're like, Oh, like, yeah, he no. used to be good. And I was like, Rosie's like my guy. You YouTube that guy. Like he was so athletic, such a specimen. They're like, Oh yeah, I think I've heard of him. I was like, if you were 35 right now, you'd be freaking out that you got to play against Sean mm-hmm. Rosenthal. Like, Did they beat him? Yeah. Uh, no, they lost to him, but like, they were like, oh yeah, like he, he still does some nice things. Like he's still a good server where I was like, he probably destroyed a ball against you guys. Like, come on. Like, yeah, anyway. he's still really good. I follow him on Instagram. He's still a good volleyball player. Like he's like, still I, posting bounces. Not like that. He it, honestly, most of them are about like his rehab. Cause I think he reconstructed his shoulder, but just all of his, he's still sponsored and all that stuff. So they post, he'll practice with like came and those guys. Right. Uh, so he's still playing good volleyball. Okay. So maybe that's, I'm not sure if that's my aspiration though, Josh, cause like, that's pretty serious. Like I can't come in and be like taking a player or two off when I'm in a heavy training environment. Like that guy is like, I- I'm, I'm looking to maybe go one level below that. Well, no, my comment was more about like, you might think there's expectations about the guys across the net, but really they just kind of know who you are and they're happy you're there. They're not like freaking out that like you have to do something super special to be like Garrett still, you know, I'm also, I think he, Go ahead, Alex. Go ahead. Uh, I think you're doing yourself a good, uh, like you're doing well for yourself, just having humor about it because the hardest part is thinking about what you used to be like. So in Ottawa, I'm part of a training group where guys are actually getting better. Like the guys I play with at Dead Man's Beach, I'll give a little shout. Yeah, Josh's shirt there. So I train with those guys at Derek's house and all those guys maybe not right. Ryan DeBrim's in the group too. Maybe like, maybe even Ryan, he's getting like in really good shape and stuff and he's, he's getting better too, but those guys are actively getting better. And for me, it's not that I'm getting worse, but I'm kind of like where I'm, where I am like, and I know what I used to do and I'm okay with that. It's like exercise, but mentally I'm kind of like, I'm here for my exercise, my cardiovascular activity. And that's why I'm here. But those guys are actually getting better. But the way it works is that, I'm not going in expecting it to be 20, 2010. I'm like, you know, 
Yeah. I had a burger, I had a burger 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> See, I'm also trying to set the bar low. Like I feel like that's mm. gotta be a huge part of it. Like the old guy mental technique as well, though, is kind of needs to be at play here. And I don't have that yet. Where like you go up and you kind of befriend the guys and you're kind of like ch- chatting, you know, Hey, wow, you're looking great. Like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like, Oh, what tournament did you win? Like, you know, that sort of thing. So that I'm raised and making, you know, they're feeling comfortable. Then I can maybe be competitive. I don't have that. I was always such a hater, like focus, yeah. like don't talk to anybody, like pissed off all the time. But now, like, I, I don't know if I can afford to do that you'll be friendly with them. And the thing is, it's like a big let go because you can't beat them. Uh, This summer we brought Jordan Canham for five days straight. He trained with us. I took one look at that guy playing and I was like, this guy is genetically made for volleyball. He hit the ball so hard that we would have to run like a hundred meters to go get it. (laughs) And we have 12 balls. And I just looked at him and I was like, I can't, do this with you. I'll, I'll be there to dig a couple balls and to keep you moving. But like, you're insane. Like, yeah. and I just flipped the switch. Okay. I'm exercising with Jordan today. It's just like who I'm exercising with. And you know, we had Davin St. Pierre there and he was playing with him and Davin played on national team forever. And like Jordan's in his prime, like young kid, but just so gifted. And I'm just like, this is insane. See, but no that makes every this. great play you make feel yeah, way yeah. better when you mentally give up you, you every time you make a big play you're like oh yeah like i made a big play on this guy he, he i shouldn't be getting anything <laughs> yeah i did chirp you chirp them a lot yeah that's for sure yeah see i need to get on that game because it would i got a big ego i mean it would bury me to be like losing to lower the expectations for myself i gotta learn that it's a tough skill like how do you get that just from like just a, a few years of sucking like you just got to be terrible yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna suck it's a, like even like even me like, we, we still won city championships last year like you figure it out you have more wait there's a city else. championships in ottawa oh yeah what oh yeah monday night league man it's uh it's two games um it's pretty competitive the sand's very hard the balls bounce very hard that's very nice high. though you need that yeah I do need that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty competitive. Like there's some good players like Alex Niskanda from, uh, UC Irvine. He's playing, um, like quite a few and young kids from Mavs are really good now too. So it's a pretty good, it's way different than when I was in high school. Yeah, we had to go to Toronto. So we need to get a Toronto city championship, Josh, what are you talking about? Like, like, like imagine if you could keep, the, the, the type of player that Alex is talking about here, like that, the guy, they're pretty good, older guys, maybe, maybe some younger guys, whatever, but around engaged, like, you know, something competitive where the expectations aren't super high. They don't need to come in mm. at, you know, eight to 10 a.m. every morning. Oh, sorry, I got to work my job. Like I can't come in and play right to keep those guys engaged so that when you play in the OVA tournaments or you need training partners, or you need these extra guys, they're just there like they're around, you know? Well, I think Jordan's a great example because Jordan could play for Canada either indoor or beach, but because he he came to the beach this summer, he was he was ready to go. Like he wasn't like a brand new guy, right? right. He'd already been playing with guys like Alex, where it wasn't that hard of a transact or transition for him. Excuse me. So I think it just keeps it more of an option for these guys who, because I think some people have this impression that indoor beach are so different where they're not, and especially if you can get them hooked when they're younger, they just transfer that much more smoother, right? Amazing. We all used to do both. We all used to play both. And it was pretty seamless, I think. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, now that you bring that up, Alex, I got to ask you about it. I got a hundred things I want to talk to you guys about today, but um, yeah, kids not playing both as much these days, Josh. Like, he said we, we all used to play both. Like, is that, why is he, why is that a used to thing now? I feel like your era, like Alex, you're not popping off there. Like literally all the best players in the OUA were beach guys. Like I, there, there's a few exceptions here or there, but like the core group where we're doing both, you guys would beat up on each other all season and then come to Ashbridge and play with each other against each other all summer that, and that went on for a few cycles, but I don't see that. And I don't know why it's become so specialized where I think you have to do one or the other, where you, you guys seem to do just fine playing both. Yeah, I think it was a an injury prevention moving forward, I guess, for the younger kids. And they're getting, but I always found it like therapeutic to play beach because you get the sun, the sand, like it, it, the vibe was always good. But I think it was just like you're playing indoor and then you need a break before your indoor season begins, I guess, for the kids now. Yeah, but you also see these kids just committing fully beach. I mean, I don't know. I know you don't see as many men doing that, but you're seeing girls quitting club at 16, 17, you to say, hey, I'm focusing full time on beach. Like, what the hell are we doing? Mm -hmm. I guess we don't have an answer, Josh. Well, I was thinking that might become more of a challenge with, uh, I think Downsview is the only facility in Toronto and not a lot of communities even have an option. So when you give, when you make that tough decision, you're giving up a lot. You're giving up a little bit of a social life because you're not playing club. You're giving up a lot of touches. You're giving up any competition for like that, that six month period, a seven month period. So uh, I think they better be really sure because I, I'm convinced I think a kid can still do both in Canada and still go to the NCAA and play beach. I don't think the gap is that big that you need to be beach only from like 12 years old onward. You heard mm-hmm. it here first, folks, from the national beach volleyball team here in Canada. Josh <laughs> Nichols said, don't commit to full time beach. You heard it. I mean, he said it. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's not, not what he said. Um, but Alex, I did. We did talk about a few times the Dead Man's Beach. Um, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it because I want you to take us into that scene because it's kind of a unique thing, I think. Like we talked uh, on a previous episode about kind of the Vancouver scene here at Kits and how there's the challenge court and people come down, they host the Cliver tournaments. And, you know, that's kind of one you know, Canadian hotspot for that sort of thing. But it sounds like you guys got something building up over there, kind of a training group, kind of a backyard court situation. Mm -hmm. What's going on over there? (laughs) So if you go from like Parliament Hill, it's about 35 minutes on the highway West, just past where the, around where the Sens would play. Um, Yep. Derek, Derek Dedman, he has a really nice house in the, West end of Ottawa and in his backyard, I guess when he turned like 38 or something like it was, it's a couple of years old. And I think he turned 40 this summer. Um, he's like, I'm at a place in my life where I've always wanted a couple of things. And one of them is a beach court and he made a beach court, but it's not like, you know, you know, a few friends that are like, yeah, I got a beach volleyball court in my backyard. Yeah, it's trash. This guy, this guy imported, <laughs> it was close to, the, the end result was close to 20 G's. I think it was, but wow. the court is the nicest court I've ever played on. Wow. Like, Including like any court I didn't, ever. I never go to North Seagulls. I didn't, sorry. I didn't go to North Seagulls ever or do any of that, but well, like, that's just, not really, no, yeah, that, that, that's have, in the book. Okay. Yeah. That wouldn't be the okay. highest anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, we get, we get there. He's got it all. We've got a deck. So first of all, he has a massive pool for after, but you've got a deck gazebo, uh, full court where I think it's eight to 10 feet of serving on each end. And then, uh, he's got like 12 volleyballs and it's then the most space have, like ever. And, uh, 
yeah, you don't get to, you don't have to go shag uh, often because unless you bounce one, the balls don't go out of the netting right. and those are seldom. So you can just keep playing. And we usually play like, there's usually six to eight of us at a time. Derek will play every day of the summer. That's his thing. Like he loves it. He's an ex hockey player, but he played in college. He played in, I think he played in the ACAC. Okay. Um, he played in Alberta. Yeah. That's what I, but I so do you guys do like a, a training group or do you, or, yeah, or is it kind of train. just wreck or like, what's the, what's the idea there? Is it private? Like is it invite only? Like <laughs> it's kind of invite only, but if the thing is are the guys that play the most are all self-employed. So we play in the middle of the day. Oh. And it's very, yeah. We play in like a high noon. Wow. Uh, okay. So you're going to, you get this elite beach volleyball community training group going in the middle of the day with guys yeah. who don't work in the middle of the day. Yeah, pretty much. It's, Wild. um, yeah. So you just, you just make it happen, man. It's we, Derek sends out a text. I play on Mondays at our beach volleyball league in the East end. Yeah. So that's the city championship league. And then I play on Wednesday, Wednesdays at Derek's Derek plays Monday, through Sunday, Sunday's co-ed with his wife and their friends and stuff. Every day. He plays every day. Oh yeah. my goodness. I I'm mean, pretty sure De Bruin, De Bruin plays like three or four times a week. Uh, and then there's different guys coming in. It's just that main group is on Wednesdays. It was in COVID. That's the reason why a lot of people survived COVID was because when it was on like high lockdown, right. I think the number was you could still have an outdoor training session. So they made it happen right. and we just kept playing. It was a lot like when the gyms were closed and everything, it was huge and it just keeps growing. We're talking about doing tournaments next year. Like, wow. cause you can just, yeah, it would have to be a smaller tournament unless he gets another court, but the one's enough like yeah, in his backyard. It's sure. sick though. <laughs> yeah. Mean, amazing. So that's awesome. We need to hear, we need to get that going and we need to maybe get Derek and get him on the show and say, Hey Derek, we need to get this going, <laughs> get some tournaments going. Like, let's get this thing and get it moving here. Get, East, you know, of course. And the reason I'm asking is because my biological father also is doing the same thing in his backyard um, at his place out in Barrie. And he's got the backyard court and kind of the the netting going up and they, they don't quite have eight to 10 feet of service room though. So maybe a bit of a flex there for dead man's beach as opposed to did I have a did we have a name for it, Josh? I don't think we did the. Now nah, we don't have a name for the no, the maybe no. I don't know I don't, there's no great name <laughs> dead man's already just a great name like we need to come yeah. up with a name for the my biological father's court but um yeah I'm just asking to try to get some insights there I mean he's not as young and in shape as it sounds like Derek can kind of keep up my dad's maybe playing once a month and that's probably good I've played beach with your dad how'd it he go still had it I mean, I love John. He, I, I wasn't copying his move, but I was surprised at how he could do it. It was yeah, about 10, 12 years ago. But. I was talking to him the other day and he was like, I was like, Hey, how's your shoulder? Cause I knew he had shoulder issues. And he was saying, yeah, no, it's good now. And I was like, what? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just years of doing nothing. And now you're, you're, you just fit your body's fixed. Like what the heck? So am I going to hop back out on the sand and just be way better because I've done nothing for years? Like, mm -hmm. is that, is that how it works? Hernan always surprised me at how fast he would like maneuver on the sand as well. Like he would, he, he always did these things where he'd like, like scamper, scamper across the net and then like put it over the top. Like kind of like forgot how big he was first of all. I mean, like he's really moving. Like they, after I guess playing your whole life and taking a few years off, you get limber again. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we haven't had the battles that you guys have had, but we've had a few, I think one or two games ever, Josh, you'll love this because it's my dad and Christina Valius and myself and my partner, Maria. And we've had a few mix and match battles with that combination. And I mean, the, the, everyone's talking a big game in this household. I mean, like everyone's thinks they're the best, but I mean, I'm still like, I'm not that far out of it. Like I'm not, Mm. so it's not that competitive, but it's fun at least to like, you know, talk and jostle about it. You can only play to 15 points. Cause like there's kids running around and stuff like that. And it's hard to like focus on that stuff. Right. But yeah, I, I'm not losing any of those matchups. I love no. the, the backcourt idea. Redmond used to tell me, he was like, when did you get really good? And he told me like, well, when I played club, I was like the 12th guy on a 10 man team. Like apparently he wasn't like that legit of a, of a kid growing up, but he's like, I got really good when Simic got a court in his backyard and we would play short court and we would do all these mini games and we would do all this stuff. And, and they would basically, I, I don't know if I should tell the story, but I, my understanding was they would even skip school and then just play in the backyard a lot. And then all of a sudden like two guys from not even Barry, like the Oreo or wherever they're from are on the national yeah. team. And it's like, how did that even happen? But a, a backyard, court just kept them engaged and you get a little bit better and you start playing against older people and they maybe you you win a few points you finally win a set then you win a game and then you're thumping them like it, it can happen pretty fast if you just get those extra touches in and it's something fun and you enjoy i haven't thought about chris in a long time thank you for that i missed that guy <laughs> <laughs> i missed that guy he's amazing I kind of now that I'm out of it and not really doing much, I kind of miss everybody, you know, like what a wasted mm. opportunity all those years. Like, and this is kind of what, what led me into this talking about the old guy's strategies is like, you know, what a missed opportunity when you're competing against all these people and and the stakes are super low. Like when I think about all those OVA tournaments that we played in, who gives a shit really? Like you want to play more games, but there's the people who are committed and who are going to go and try to play at a high level. There's people who are just trying to play at university. Like there's a variety of commitment levels, but what a wasted opportunity to not just like, you know, connect and, and, and grow a community there around that, which, you know, I certainly never did. I was the like keep away from everybody else. And now years later, it's kind of like, Oh yeah, that might've been kind of nice. Well, Oneed and I talked about this when he came on the, the Passing Dimes podcast. We talked about uh, Paul Pitstaka, a very strong personality on the beach, but you get to know that guy and everybody loves Paul. But if you're across the net from him, that guy's a competitor. He's probably going to make fun of you or chirp you or be a jerk about something. But you talk to him for five minutes, like, oh, you're a great guy. And I imagine there's so many interactions you've had with guys in the heat of the moment where you're like, oh, I really don't like so-and-so. But if you chat with them, our community actually is a bunch of really good guys. Friend of the show and Team Canada Beach Volleyball athlete Grant O'Gorman has teamed up with Movember to help raise awareness for testicular cancer and men's health. Check out our show notes to get a link to Grant's page and donate today. Movember, whatever you grow will save a bro. That's my experience with everybody. That's national, like, that's Canada-wide, I feel like, with volleyball. They're so nice. Like, you think that they're these mean guys and ended up being, like, the nicest guys. Yeah, I, that that was my experience with literally everybody I played against was like hate them every time a bad experience and then like chat with them for five minutes is like, oh, you're like a human being just trying to compete. Like it's if we hadn't have met in that situation, it would have been a much more pleasant <laughs> experience overall. Like, so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we need to do a better job of that for sure. Like, I, I think and I think when I think back to the days that my dad ran the domestic tour and they had kind of the actual space for that to happen 
where like there was kind of it was formalized sometimes or it was like a player's party or there was like, you know, a dinner or whatever. And there was actually time for that sort of stuff to happen. Man, the people who you talk about, talk about those days, they're still friends. They still, you know, like know and keep in touch with all those people from those days because it was just so memorable. Right. And I just don't really have other than the club experience, really anything like that with beach volleyball. That's so true. I remember when I first moved to Toronto, I used to think like, oh, would, would Mark and John go to the players party? And they're like, yeah, everybody would go. And like John would sit there and, and talk with you. Like they weren't like these elite guys thinking they were there to win the tournament. Like literally everybody from the qualifier teams to the ones winning every weekend were at the party. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like and that that's huge. Right. And if you're a young up and coming player. And this is how you kind of continue this, the knowledge sharing in your community, right? And we, I think we do it pretty well in indoor at university, I think, like that. You mm-hmm. get an older player and you get the young kids in there and it's like formalized. Like we do this, we're together. Like, hey, you onboard to all the stuff that we're doing. So you see the good programs are always good because it's just that, right? But in beach volleyball, think about all the stuff that's out there that's happened in our sports history that is just like out there in the ether. Like even all the stuff I've been through, you think about random players who are like just so out of it now never any chance but if you give one chance to like come back hey hang out with your old friends it's like boom there immediately because it was so fun Mm -hmm. i agree i think it's amazing and i think they do that like when i went to quebec city to watch an fivb event is the only time i've ever been to an event i went well we were obviously there to have fun so uh, we went to the nightclub after and it seems like they have that crew at the world level, the international level, like they're all partying together after the, after the event. And it seemed like they were all friends. And I think you can see in some of the national team players, like uh, when they post stuff, other country player, other teams post will post under it. And they've got like the check marks. So, you know, they're a big deal or whatever, but like, (laughs) you know, I'm like, that's pretty cool that they're in the international level. They're trying to you know, their success of volleyball explodes even more. Everybody's going to benefit. Yeah, absolutely. And that does happen. Like uh, on the, on the North Sika tour, like our, our continental tour, there's a player's party like every night for, and people <laughs> still in the tournament go like people playing on the Sunday, go party on the Saturday night and go and play. Cause it's like, Hey, we made our money. We're in the final four. We're good. Like, we'll we'll roll the dice on this one. It's not like that on FIVB, but you get people who make the main draw and, you know, their flights booked for the next tournament. They're there for a few days. Like, you got to make friends. Otherwise, it's so isolating, especially when you're just hating your partner. Like, maybe you have a tough <laughs> loss and you're just like so pissed at your partner. And it's like, you'll be fine. But like, I don't want to see you for 12 hours. And it's like, mm. you need somebody else to kind of hang out with and like connect with. And so it, I, I feel like it was weird, but I'd often see like partners splitting up for meal times and like sitting and chatting with other countries and other folks just because of that, like, you know, camaraderie like, Hey, we're all in this together. Like, yeah, I'll kick your ass on the court, but like, damn, I need a break from my partner. <laughs> Nobody's immune to that either. Like you could be the nicest guy ever and you're just around the person so much. And then you mix in a loss and you're like, forget this guy, man. He's a prick. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even the nicest relationships, like you have a tough, tough game. Like, and the worst I found was like when, when somebody gives up, like Mm. one of the partners, like just gives up completely, like a complete hands off the wheel gaff. Like you see it sometimes happen. Like, how do you interact after that? Like, how do you move on? Like, yeah. what a what a weird situation. Like, when have you ever had to deal with that with your spouse? Like your spouse 
is at home and just lets their hands off the wheel at home. Like, I, like the house is burning down. Like, I don't know what, like that never happens, but in your beach partner relationship, you kind of have to deal with that and move on. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't take the break from each other. And like in indoor, in indoor, I guess you could go up to like your university coach and maybe it's happened. I can't remember dealing with it with Brenda, but if somebody was pissing me off. I could have just been like, Brenda, can I go in the other court today? And she'd be like, all right, no problem. Like, I'm like, I just need a break. I'm sure you could do that. But in beach, it's like, there's one other dude. Yeah. Well, in indoors, like there's, there's a bunch of guys, right? So if you're pissed, well, and this is maybe dangerous, but you just go to the other guys and complain about that other guy. How much of an asshole he's that? being. Yeah. Can you believe this guy, man? That's maybe bad. Cause then maybe you're, everybody gangs up on that guy, but definitely you get that a bit more than beach. It's like, I don't know who are you going to go to? Like, you're going to go like, oh, and it does happen though. Oh my gosh. And that was a, the big rule. I don't know. Mark always instilled that rule. My dad in us is like, whatever happens, you never say a bad word about your partner to anybody else. Like that was the golden rule. And, but you see it sometimes where you're talking to somebody and you get them going and they're just, just hating on their partner all the time. I know that. Once the hun- a honeymoon phase is over or something and you put a team together and you're like, man, they're going to be the best. And it's a couple of losses. They're like chirping each other. Well, speaking of new partnerships, we have a new partnership and in Canada, beach volleyball men. And we got to talk about it. And I'm not looking forward to it, guys. I'll be honest. There's some emotion around it for me. So, Josh, can you just brief us on what's going on? What's the situation here? So anybody who who isn't on Instagram uh, probably missed this. But uh, Sam Schachter and Dan Deering have decided they're going to play together. And they both did these awesome posts. And I'm excited because the community is excited. There's a lot of people really fired up that even like people are resharing their posts. Momentum Volleyball did a story on it. Uh, Josh Finstock, who's played with both those guys, obviously did a post. So like, it, it seems like momentum's growing. And, and Garrett, it's interesting that you're going to be in shape because uh, it's revisionist history at this time. But I believe they were supposed to play together at this this world championship at one point, and and you saved the day by stepping in for one of them when they got injured. So I would just keep your phone close. I would get your cardio up. I'd be ready just in case. Like may, maybe they're going to a tournament and they need a last minute sub. Like maybe like lightning could strike twice on this. So this is framing me up, and thanks for doing this, Josh, by the way, framing me up to be the bitter failure of an ex-partner to both of them. And I don't appreciate that framing, Josh, <laughs> but it's, it is it is welling up some emotion there for sure. Like, I will, I want to correct the record. Dan and Sam were never actually paired together. They, it was leading there. So it was headed that direction. But it never actually happened. And then Sam and I were, well, paired together. And we all know what happens. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. How are you supposed to feel when two guys who you played with and had varying levels of success with and would have really loved to get more out of both of them end up pairing together when you're the guy who's now retired on the outs and not playing anymore? How are you supposed to react to that? 
Well, this reminds me of a story because your, your dad's such a classy guy, Garrett, where like he used to take me out for dinner after I would like volunteer ref the games or whatever. And you were there to watch your brother play against our York guys. And you were complaining in the car. You're like, man, like Wally's been really mean to me ever since I went to Western. And Garrett's like, well, how would you feel uh, if, excuse me, John was like, how would you feel if you were chasing this guy for four years and all of a sudden he just went and dated somebody else? Like, that's exactly what you did to Wally, where he was pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. And then you're just like, ah, I'm going to go to Western and, you know, go help those guys win. So, you know, it is hard being the other guy in that situation but maybe you just got to get over it Garrett because you put other people in that situation it seems I don't know that I've ever like I, I was it was a struggle for me to find a partner for years in beach indoor I definitely did that to a lot of people I just like ignored a lot of people but like with the beach partnership it, yeah it's tough because like with Sam and I, I would have loved to play with Sam longer right we won the world championships together and then never played another point together again after that like that that's tough and then Dan, Dan and I played together for years, but was always injured, constantly unable to go to tournaments due to some nagging injuries. And now all of a sudden at, you know, 32 years old, almost, well, almost 32 years old, seems to be in the best shape of his life. I'm kind of like, what the hell you two guys, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to do this now? Come on. But uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I, I would love Alex's thoughts just for our, our listeners perspective. You played club with these guys, right? Like you were a Mavs guy and like uh, Sam was a blues guy and Dan was a Pac-Man guy and you would have battled against these guys your whole way up. And then obviously played university against them a couple times. Cause I know Sam was in and out early with Laurier and Dan was there with York, but you've been across the net from these guys. Most of your volleyball career, right? Yeah. I would say like, Oh, I've been playing with or against them for since I was like 15 or 16, I'm a fan of both of theirs. Like I'm a big, uh, I I'm a fan now, but I really like both of them like a lot. And Dan and I have been talking a bit recently, like just over Instagram and stuff and messaging. And it seems as though he's tending to the one thing he probably didn't tend to when he was a kid. And that's his, like his spirit. It seems really like at ease and grounded. And he seems like he's like, reading a lot. I have a similar interest to him, like in the spirituality world and reading material and stuff like that. So I can see him, the stuff that he's posting, I know what he's doing and it's very, very good for his future as a human. And it's probably helping him keep things in perspective through training at the base level though, to answer your question, I'm very excited. Like I'm like, like a little girl, like I'm like very excited. I know Garrett wanted more out of both of them. And I think Sam and I think Sam and Garrett would have been really good right after that run. I think they could have snagged some like big boy tournaments too, but like, like FIVB stuff, I think they could have done some crazy things there, but it's just cool that both Sam and Dan are at like the older age. Like we're all the same age, the, the 31. Um, so we're going to see some different stuff from them. And at the, again, at the base level, they're both so bouncy. It's going to be sick. Yeah. I mean, I wish them well, I, I really would love to see Canada on the men's side do really well and then dominate. I mean, it, it would be great for us, I think for better exposure, more excitement. I'm looking forward to it. I, I am very worried, definitely very worried because if it doesn't go well, I don't know where else we go from here on the men's side. You know what I'm saying? Like this, we're kind of like, I mean, Ben and Grant, absolutely. I think, you know, if they're playing together still, they're going to give it a shot, but you know, Ben is like hanging on 
right? I mean, he'll give it another run, but like, where do we go after this? Like, it's kind of, we gotta, we gotta go all in type thing, right? Yeah. I mean, as, as my role with VC, I think it's my job to kind of develop and get it going, but yes, Garrett, I think uh, it's great that Sam and Dan have agreed to play together, but it, it does kind of beg the question if they didn't play with each other, who were they going to play with? Cause I don't know if there was that many like suitors for this conversation, right? Where you look at other federations and, and guys get chased or there's like, what if situations where this was kind of like, I hope they put it together because there's no obvious choice if they didn't connect. Right. Yeah. And like, what do you do with a guy like Sam Pedlow? And, you know, like he, he's an FIVB player, like a main draw player caliber who now is looking for a partner. He's the fifth guy in this in this group. Like, what does he do? I don't know. Well, Garrett, hit the elliptical, bud. Let's go. Maybe I need to get out there and give San Pedro a call and say, "Hey, bud, you you need you need a partner." Yeah, now, I don't know. How wrong, that, you how, guys, you guys played together. Played. We I did play together a few times. Um, I would think it was one of Sam's first partners as he kind of came back for round two. Um, I was one too. Yeah, that's right. I, that's yeah, right. I, did, I did it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So uh, I just like I hope if if Dan stays healthy and is able to go to all the tournaments. I think yes. th their results will be what they are. Hopefully good. Maybe whatever they are. Right. G good luck. If he gets injured, though, and has to miss time, miss tournaments. What the hell is Sam going to do? Mm. You go back to Pedlo and say, hey, man, you want to <laughs> you want to come and can you, can that's you do tough. That? Right. Like it's kind of a. Like, so I, I'm fingers crossed that Dan can stay healthy. Dan, take care of that bod, get some good rest, eat your vitamins. Um, Cause if, if that happens, it'd be like, man, that's just such a tough situation. Well, yeah, he's training, very, training every day, right? Yeah. Oh, Pedlo's Deering is, no, yes, right. Deering is training every day, right? Yeah. I think Deering, like Garrett alluded to, like it, it would have been nice to see him do this as a 25, 26 year old, but now he's putting it together as a 31 year old. And I think he is yeah. in great shape and he has the attention Perfect. to detail, which is good. But I, I was thinking of another situation, Garrett, where when Marquise got a little banged up, like it put a little stress on Jesse Lelliot to kind of go with Aaron to events. And then it affected Jesse's partnership with whoever he was playing with. Like it's, it's hard to be the third guy in that partnership. Cause you can't really be partners with your guy. Like you're kind of a sub, you're kind of waiting for the call that it, it would be really hard for, Shakhtar yeah to call uh, another blocker to kind of fill in knowing that as soon as Dan's ready like Dan's back being the guy right like it's just hard in yeah. our sport to be the, the backup yeah. goalie or whatever it is right like well, it's, like it's injuries almost are impossible tough. injuries are tough regardless right like it's never easy for somebody to get injured at all but what makes I think this situation a little bit tougher is you know like if, if say Sam gets injured let's hope he doesn't but I think let's say he gets injured Dan going to Sam Pedlo and saying hey do you want to hop in with me is like yeah, that's interesting, but it's a lot easier than Sam, you know, going to a former partner who you dump for another guy to say, hey, can you fill in? Because this guy got injured. It's like that is a tough conversation to have. And hopefully, you know, we, it doesn't come to that. But I just know that I, I've never had to deal with that situation because I was always the one getting dumped. Um, so but like I, I can't imagine having to deal with that. Well, I just don't know how a young guy would react that Sam Schachter calls you and says he wants to go to these two tournaments with you. Do you tell your committed partner that you're kind of like, hey, the Schachter gives me the call. Do I go or do you stay loyal to your guy? Like it, it's it's tough. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But I don't think there is an easy answer. Yeah. And is I, there anybody? Is there anybody to step in? Like I, I Pedlo's a, a blocker.
right? So if during if if Sam if Sammy gets injured, like what is is there somebody else that like who's up and coming that can play D at that level, or is it just pretty much like Grant's the who, other? Who defender? are you going to tout here, Josh? Who, whose name are you going to call here? Which of the boys are you? Gonna... We, we got some guys. We got some guys coming up. I, I don't know if I want to name them by name because I'm definitely going to forget one, and he's going to be the guy who actually listens, and it's going to be like, oh no, like so. <laughs> then you definitely should. <laughs> Yeah. We got some up and comers. We got some options. I just think it makes it hard. It makes it stressful on their partnership to then get a call from like the vet. And then you want to go because you want to get into bigger tournaments and you want to use their points. But I, I don't know, Garrett, I haven't seen it done well where like somebody's a rental and they go back and forth between their partner and like the, the vet who's giving them the call. It's it's a tough relationship, I think. For sure. And now what happens if you call that person up and start dominating? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a tough situation as well. And I mean, you see in Brazil, sometimes that happen, and then they're like, okay, screw you. Like I'm still, we're, yeah. we're going to ride this. Right. Um, I'm I just, mean, I'm just excited to see highlights of Dan. If he plays the whole year, like you get a whole beach season out of Dan, like just to see what he does. Cause ever since he was like 13, I, it's a funny, it's a quick story, but it's a funny story. My mom liked to take pictures we had a real estate camera. We worked together and she got a real estate camera when I was like 15, like a camera to take pictures of the houses. Yeah. And we were playing Dan and I think Christian called back in the day. It was a really long time ago. Yeah. And I remember like going out for shots and thinking like, wow, this guy's block is really big. And my mom goes, Hey, I took some shots of your game. We, We lost to Christian and Dan. And I looked at the camera and Dan, who I didn't know his, I remember looking on Google and thinking like, yo, if you get your head over the net, like that's a big jump. And it was a very big jump for sure. Dan, Dan had his entire, uh, what do you call it? Like uh collar over the net. And he was like 14 or 15 at the time. And my mom was showing me pictures. Like hey, she was showing pictures to see like, look at the quality of the camera. I'm like, I'm looking at that guy. Like, Who the heck was <laughs> Forget the camera. Look at that guy's block jump. I'm like, and we still have them somewhere. I think Rex brought them out one time because his mom used to take pictures too. And we were like, dude, look at this guy. And he's still doing that stuff. And I'm just excited from a fan perspective to have like a really physical dude on Canada. Yeah. And, uh, Blocker. yeah, I, I am too. Although, I mean, were you less excited when he was playing with me, Alex? I no, mean, what no, the heck, dude? Like, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, we, we just never got the exposure and like the long, like we never had enough points to really stay on the world tour. But yeah, when we played together, Dan made some flipping amazing plays um, when, we, when we were together. Like, And if he ever got a SWAT block, it mm. was like, it was aggressive. Like it was... He would get up there and it w- he would pause for a second, right? Like you, you mm-hmm. just, you just wait. He could do it early, but would wait to get the two hand dunk <laughs> slam down on the delay block, which was always like a huge celebration <laughs> point after that. Like, absolutely. Um, I can remember we played a game uh, in San Diego in the, in the finals and I was kind of pissed, but it was incredibly impressive. We played an entire set where the other team Sided out. It was we won the set 21-19. We were playing Cam and Mike from Canada. Um, and I didn't touch on defense a single ball because Dan literally touched 100 percent of the opponent's attacks in that set. It was either a shit slam or a tool. And it was like, I was like, man, 
I don't know. I have no feedback. Like, <laughs> should we change strategies? You're touching literally everything. I don't think so. He's like, crazy with that stuff. Like we at the Ken Davies when I was in grade 12, the ref called him over the net on a play. It was a block, but it was so exaggerated over the net that the ref called to reach and over the net. And then my coach, Bruce Dunning, who knows volleyball goes and gives Kelly Smith the ball and go and to the ref, like it was a third contact. He can touch his toes if he wants yeah. with the ball. <laughs> and he probably could. So, yeah. But it was so optic weird optically because yeah. he was so parallel, like even pressing down <laughs> that the ref called in over the net. And then my coach is like, you can't call that. Like, that's just crazy. And he gave yeah. the ball back and I, it's still in my, in my head. Uh, well, we'll have to have them on and maybe do some relationship counseling with them, Josh, and just really get into that and really help them form a, a tight knit bond. I mean, who else, but you and I, Josh, to really help them build that. Right. Like, I mean, injecting ourselves on the internet. into yeah. other people's <laughs> business, like, of course, right. Like that's obviously what we need to do. <laughs> We, we see all the angles and it's actually funny that you mentioned like Dan is back training. So some of our guys are a little bit younger. So they were like 15, 16 when he was still playing at York and at McMaster, apparently like during our, the hitting warm up, he like bounced one close to the clock and in McMaster, that's a long way back. That's a long way up. But then the game starts and he's playing libero and our guys are freaking out of like, Wally, that's the one guy who can't hit. He doesn't play front row. Like, what are you doing? This coach doesn't know anything. And it's like, they didn't know that like he was resting or load management or just do whatever. And they're just freaking out at Wally, this, this legendary vet coach, but like that's the one guy who can't do the thing that he does. <laughs> do you know? Do you know Rademacher? Did I? T- I don't know if I told that story at um, when I was on your podcast. But do you, you remember Rademacher from Dalhousie, the yeah. German guy? He was like he lived at our house. Uh, I think he was a no beach way. player too. He lived he at our house for too. a bit. Yeah. So he the, Dal was at uh, the Excalibur, and it's funny you were talking about Wally because I was recorded by Wally as well, and they brought me down to Excalibur, and it was me. Uh, Terrell, Dan, like a bunch of our grade were, were there. And uh, in between the games, Terrell and Dan were bouncing balls at York. I was there. Insane. That they, day. I w- wished I had a phone. It I was, was there amazing. that day. Oh my God. Rademacher could not believe his eyes. He was like, who are you to Dan? And who are you to Terrell? And they're like, oh, we just play club. And then we're on the provincial team and stuff. And he's like, these are, these are big big time balls. And they were in the, at the time it was air forces, right? We all had like air force ones, like the shoes and baggy jeans and Terrell and Dan were hitting the ball off the basketball hoop and roofing the ball at York, like clean. It's a high ass quits, ceiling. Meter, but it's very, very high. And Ron Walker could not believe his eyes. Like I've never seen this before. And you, how old are you guys? They're like 17. And just to look on his face, I was just in awe of, I'm a fan, right? I was like, yeah. I know how hard it is to do that. I can't do it. I was like, that's so cool. And Rodemacher, I just saw him. He was like fanboying these kids. Well, we were all yeah. fanboying there. and But I do remember as well, because these guys were bad. And I don't even know how to describe to our listeners who can't really, who've never been to the York University gym in Toronto. But the ceiling mm-hmm. is is one of the higher ceilings you, you'll you see in a gymnasium. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to conceptualize it, but it's very high. And these guys were roofing it off the basketball net that hangs from that high ceiling. It's kind of a long basketball hoop. Way more, way but, higher than any other. But what was yeah. hilarious was there was a hitting line of about five or six players. And I'm wondering if you were in there, Alex, because you see Terrell and Dan come in and just absolutely roof them. And then the three or four other guys come in and just hit, you know, like yeah, normal hit, balls. hit one. And you're like, 
What? Like, stop. What are these guys? If, doing? I, was, if I was hitting, if I was hitting, you would have known I was hitting. I would have been, all right. I would have been, I would have been fine. <laughs> no, but like, I think like, yeah, that line was long, but it was just so impressive. Like they were cold. That's pure athleticism. That's yeah. like, like genetics. Amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, for sure. Well, Sam and Dan, if you're listening, which you're probably not, we wish you well. Um, I mean, Canada is, is on the world scene for beach volleyball. Like we have some presence. And I mean, if you look on Instagram, you see some of those posts, like you have some of the other top players, like posting in there, checking in folk. Hey, cause they obviously like want to know, Hey, who's this punk guy from Canada, you know, coming up. But, uh, I mean, a lot of them know Dan, cause I guess he'd been around mm. for a while for sure. So, I mean, good in luck Ottawa, to us, Josh. Go ahead. Sorry, Garrett. No, I didn't have much to say. I mean, yeah, the women, the women, everybody after the Olympics were, they were like, Hey, have you, are you watching any volleyball? Cause I know I play like at work, you know, the yeah. work, Oh, you like volleyball. Did you see the women? Did you see that Melissa girl? I'm like, yeah, I, I we're friends. She went to my wedding and they're like, no, she didn't. I'm like, okay, she did. I'm like, okay, she didn't like, you know what I mean? Like I was like, you know, I, there, yeah. You lived so in her forever. basement for a summer. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was, it was amazing. Yeah. No. So I think just volleyball exposure in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, I'm hopeful that out of kind of in this next quad, as some of these changes come through, we get some excitement and some kind of clip worthy stuff, some, some stories, some discussion stuff out of, out of this, that kind of volleyball is starving for that. So like if, if Dan and Sam can start telling some legendary stories where they lose in the qualifier and then go and win a five-star tournament, like, and it like that, like, or whatever, like that, that's just amazing i think for the sport and we need some more of that and i'm looking forward to the women as well like we josh do we know what's happening like we don't necessarily know what's happening in our canadian women's side right no like i think we assume assume, we we assume they're all back they they took fifths at the olympics like i think things are awesome but yeah i can't confirm or deny because they're all on their off season and kind of chilling and they're all if you follow them on instagram some of them are all over the world right now like i don't think any two are in the same city right now so uh no good for them to get some rest and, and go see family and friends and do everything they need to do but uh no they're not the ones doing posts about a new partnership or anything like that i think it's hopefully same old same and they, they compete at the level they have been yeah, we complained a lot about the women's results, I think. But if if I had a choice between taking a fifth at the Olympics or not, I mean, I would obviously take a fifth at the Olympics. Like, I mean, we had two teams fifth at the Olympics. Like, come on. Like, we're we're up there. I mean, we got to feel pretty good about that for the future, don't we? We do. We do. We really do. We do. Well, Alex, this is how the show goes. I mean, we talk about the stuff we wanted to talk about. We get excited. We get a little emotional. Almost shed a tear there earlier. I'm not going to tell you in which segment, though. We were. I, got, I know which one. Got emotional. It was about Dead Man's Beach. I'm jealous that we didn't get to. We haven't gotten, <laughs> gotten about, played yeah. there. Oh, the, um, oh, yeah. This is how the show goes. We just kind of uh, peter out at the end. Our viewers know I, that we just. We, we do not rush through the finish line. We, we walk through the finish line. So what do you think, Alex? Uh, I had a blast. I was really excited. <laughs> it was really. You did. Excited. That's amazing. Yeah. No. I. It's just so nice to talk to like old friends. Like we all, you know, we're doing. I'm looking at you guys, and then you guys look well. Um, Garrett's out west now. Josh is a papa. This is all good stuff, and it's nice to see you guys. And 
That's what I like. I'm oh, like visiting nice. with friends. Well, we'll have to have you back on. It's been it's been quite nice. We'll have to have you on to maybe call out somebody or just get in there and mix it up. We need some of those those chirps you were talking about earlier. We might need to call on that. And we still need to decide what yeah. do we like. What do we like for? Is it Papa Josh? Papa Nickel? Is it dad, something with Dad? Josh? Father Nickel? I don't know. We we need we need something there. I got a long way to go because anyone who follows Alex on Instagram knows that he's working out like an absolute fiend right now. He's on this show. So his kids must be well behaved and in bed. Like, I don't, I don't know how you find all this time. I have one and he's a week old and it feels like a full time job. And you're you're all over working uh, that gym. You go is like first class. It looks like you're there every day. It seems like like it's the Mavs. And it's the same one that the Mavs go to, like all the Mavs teams. I just I just keep working out like it's volleyball season. <laughs> <laughs> I try. No, wow. uh, it'll get easier for you. The kids get older. It'll be you fun. said your guy can pepper now. That's got to be a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. look forward to. Oh, for sure. For so sure. it's tradition here on the show to disclose to our guests which choice they were in our hierarchy of reach outs to find a guest. And Josh, I think I think we're fe- Alex should feel pretty good today. So the, the, the deal was that your biological father was supposed to be on the show. So it's always a little tricky sometimes when John's going to be on the show, who can hang with him. And I messaged, I was like, who can hang? Alex can hang and got confirmed the same day. So I didn't have to go down the depth chart today, Garrett. It was, it was, uh, we confirmed your dad who no showed. And then we just got a guy who we thought we could hang and turns out that he can go solo too. Well, see, here's the thing with my dad, Alex is, and you know, this is when I told him we had Alex O'Need. He went, oh, so you don't need me. (laughs) Which I said, yes, like, correct. We absolutely don't need, I mean, we'd love you, but we don't need. wrong. I mean, he could have made it happen, but it's nicer that he can rest and recoup. He doesn't need to stress himself out because, I mean, we had the big shooter Alex O'Need on. So that's really the background behind that. Big shooter. Yeah, I was going to drop a John quote earlier because you were talking about the other guys, like, Grant, because I Grant, does Ben have a kid now too? Saxon, yes. does he have a kid? Yeah, your dad and Grant's now married as well. So your dad looked at me when I was like nineteen, and I think he was referring to Jesse Lelliot. <laughs> but he looked at me when I was like nineteen and went. He like looked at me like right in the eyes. I'm standing right next to him, and he's like, "Look at this guy." I'm like, "Which guy?" It was Jesse, I think, and he was like you're never the same once you fall in love. That's what he said. He said to me, he's like, once you're married, once you're like in a relationship, you lose that edge. And, uh, the game's never the same. And I'm like, so I was going through my head, like who's not married. Who's still like, you know, who's still after it. Oh man. I'm not sure we need to get in. Like, do we need to drop everything and investigate (laughs) the John May quote on that? I mean, I, I like it, but also I don't know if it's true. Well, ask him next time he's because it's I'm, I have a really good memory. And I remember him saying that and I used to. Oh, like, he definitely I said it. I, whether okay. or not it's true <laughs> is is the question. OK, we're OK. Fair, fair. He said that to us a lot, too. How he always okay. said that he, he won every tournament until he met my mom. And then he came second in every tournament. And yeah. it's just a convenience, convenient excuse, I think. Like, come on. Yeah, you're getting older. Yeah, this is like, natural. We got Alex O'Need, the city champion here. Like, I think it's a prime evidence that, like, come on. Yeah. We can do come this on. for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> that's the show. I don't know. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything our viewers care about? Can't wait to clip this and show it in a meeting with our guys and just stressing that they stay single if they want to have success, you know, in our sport. <laughs> you absolutely should. That's what I say to the guys at the gym, the young guys at the gym that do the classes. They're like, what's it like being married? I go, I go, look at me. I look happy to you. <laughs> like, like as a joke, right? It's like my thing. Like, my wife, meanwhile, does the classes and kicks all of our asses in the classes. And you're just like, what's it like? I'm like, well, you'll find out. No more wins. No more, no more volleyball wins. You get wins in life though. Yes. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I think that's a good note to end on. I mean, we're not going to get any more nice and heartfelt than that. It's only downhill from there. So I think we should quit while we're ahead. Um, Alex, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It was a blast. Um, Josh, congratulations on fatherhood. Papa nickel comment down below. Um, let Josh give Josh some love. Um, Josh, anything we want to remind the folks to do? Like, should we subscribe or what? I was so excited. One that Alex was going to be on the show, but two, when you mentioned we had some comments. So like, I think keep participating, keep sharing, keep subscribing. Like I, I think uh, the community is growing. It's nice. It's nice to have an old friend on the show, but when we had Olivier, it was nice to like the first conversation we have with that guy is on the air. So it's exciting to have some new guests. It's exciting to have friends. I think everything's just so good right now, Garrett. Well, that's awesome. So thanks for that, Josh. And thank you guys for listening so much. And that'll do it for this one. We will see you next time.